Hello, Spotlight friends. Welcome to another episode of Ave Spotlight. We had our conversion series over the summer and it was amazing. And we have a special episode outside of summer, so unexpected, a special episode from our friend Santonio Hill, who was previously on to share about Vagabond Ministries. He is on again, sharing about his personal testimony and how the Lord worked through his life. We've heard a lot of awesome conversion stories. We've heard from Leo Labrisco Sargent. We've heard from Gloria Purvis. And now we get to hear from Santonio. And it is just such a gift. And we're so happy that he's here. Santonio, thank you so much for being with us. It's a pleasure. Once again, Chanel, I really appreciate being invited back out here. So oh, yes. No, you are you are it. So and you know what, Santonio, I before I launch into how happy we are to have you, I would love for you to share a little bit about yourself. And I mean, a lot of things have happened in the past like couple months since you've been on our podcast. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about where your life's at right now. Yeah. Last time we spoke, I was traveling for work a lot still. And I'm not traveling a whole lot anymore right now due to my little man being born. My wow. wife, Kristen, she labored for like 40 something hours. Mm. Strong woman. She's a warrior. A hundred percent. Love that woman. And yeah, at the end of those, and at the end of that time, my beautiful baby boy came on out and I've just been loving fatherhood since, you know, it's just been, mm. it's been an amazing journey just to like see him continue to grow. You know what I mean? And like seeing how he looks like me and see how also just like, yeah, how he looks like my wife too, you know, but like also how reliant he is upon me Mm -hmm. and my wife, obviously, which is, it's just such a humbling thing to be Mm -hmm. able to experience, you know? And like more, the more and more I see him like rely upon mom and dad, you know, me and my wife is the more and more I'm like, man, this is, this is like the life mirrored like the like our father, you know what I mean? Like God, mm. the father, this is like our life supposed to be, man. like we should be relying upon God, the father in such a way that like a newborn infant child is relying upon their parents. But a lot of times I'm like, no, I got to control this situation, you know, but it, recently I've been, I've been learning how to trust God and with like trying to trust him with everything in my life, mm. but, but trying to flex that muscle that is not, not very strong. <laughs> You're like, I'm trying to flex the trust muscle. And to be honest, I don't know if I'm doing it super, yeah. super well. I mean, that is all of us. So you're in good company. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's amazing. So many good things. And little Andre is now blessing the world. He's so cute. And he has such a better fashion sense than many of us. Mm. Thanks to, I mean, you and your wife are like popping. I mean, what did you guys wear? Like Nikes or Jordans at your wedding? Nikes. We did not match in Nike blazers. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, you guys are so cool. So, I mean, I'm. it makes sense that your son is like this. And so he's blessing the world. What a gift. And you are blessing the world through your ministry and through your life. I would love for everyone listening to just hear a little bit more about who you are. Last episode, you shared a little bit about your life and you told us a little bit about your story about going to seminary and not being in it anymore, but then meeting your wife and et cetera. But I would love to hear just about how you came to be where you are right now. Has the Catholic faith always been something that has been in practice, something that you've lived out this way? Have you always lived it in this way or 
What was your journey like to get here? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Like, yeah, just right now, just trying to think through like what my life journey was, how it's been and yeah, my, my walk with God and up until now. So I'm from Southern Maryland and Maryland is a very Catholic state. It's mm-hmm. literally Mary's land and I'm from St. Mary's County. And so it's like, yeah, very, very Catholic state. And I'm from a very Catholic area. The first Catholic church was built in my hometown, wow. 15, 20 minutes down the, down the, yeah, down the road for me. And so like Catholicism is just everywhere in, in my hometown. Even, but even though it's everywhere in my hometown, I didn't necessarily always live it out. So I'm born and raised Catholic. But I really didn't take it serious until my senior year in high school. And the reason why was just because it wasn't forced in the home, not forced. It wasn't encouraged in the mm. home. You know, it wasn't something that, that my mom and grandma, I grew up without my father in my life, but it wasn't something that my mom and my grandma was like, okay, let's talk about it Monday through Sunday. You know, on Sunday we would go to church, the gospel choir, St. Peter Claver, great parish. But the car ride down, we would listen. Yeah. So the car ride down, we would listen to gospel music. And then we go to church and, Church will last like an hour and a half, sometimes two hours. And then we'll ride back, listening to gospel music. And that would be kind of like it. You know, that's mm. like my, my like four hours of, of God for the week. And yeah, but there was a moment where I was in high school and I was already trying to figure out what I wanted to do in my life. And football was like the, it was the it factor for me. You know, football was mm. what I was going to do to be able to, provide for my family. And I had big aspirations to go to the NFL and I ended up having a scholarship to go play at a D one school out in, out in Baltimore. And one day after mass, so I would go to mass. Yeah. Like I said, I would go to mass every Sunday and I was altar serving too, but yeah, I wasn't really into my faith journey that much. You know, I would go to like youth group as well, but even though I went to youth group, it was, it was, I just did it for like football. I mean, sorry. I just, I just did it to like play basketball because they had sports. Mm. I did it to eat free pizza and I did oh, it to like, amen. Amen. come on now, you know yeah. where it is. And mm. I did it to like hit on all the homeschool girls mm. just because I was, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I went to public school and I don't know, it was just something else to do. But yeah, so anyway, one day, one Sunday after mass, the priest, Father Scott Woods, he like ran after me and he said, hey, Santonio, what are you, what are you doing after you graduate from high school, senior year, in my senior year? And and I said, hey, I got this got this scholarship. I'm going to go play football and live a good life, get married, have kids, yada, yada. And, and he said, that sounds awesome, man. And I was like, yeah, I know. And he said, well, have you ever thought about the idea of the seminary? And I said, what's that? Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, it's a place where men go and study to be priests. And like thinking about it, like in hindsight, like God bless Father Scott, like his boldness, you know what I mean? Like he saw like one side of me and thought that is who I was. The 17 year old kid who was like, everybody is just going to put their best foot forward in front of the priest. You know what I mean? They're not going to show the side of them that's like chasing and grasping after the world like I was when I was in high school. Not that I was like a bad kid or anything like that. Like my mom put fear of God in me anytime I thought about stepping out of the line. She's mm. like, you better step the, back in line, you know? Mm. And so, yeah, he's still bold for asking me that, you know, if I want to go to seminary. And so, when, yeah, when he asked me that, I kind of like paused for a little second, scratched my chin, kind of like turned my head to the side. And I'm like, oh, I think he's trying to get me to be like one of him, like a priest. And I don't, he's like the only priest I knew. 
And so I was like, yeah, no, I'm cool. Don't worry about me being a priest, man. Don't worry about me going to seminary. I'm gonna do my I'm gonna do my thing. Football is my is my goal. It's always been my dream. My dream is finally like coming true. And so he said, Well, how about you pray about it? And I said, Hmm, I don't pray. <laughs> so how about <laughs> that's kind of tough because uh yeah. Yeah, Yasmin do something that I don't do. <laughs> but how about I sleep on it? And he said, All right, sounds good. And so that night, Chanel, craziest thing happened. That night I had a dream. And within this dream, I was in like this long league, long line of little league football. So all these kids were like, you know, short, whatever. And I was as big as I am. I'm like 6'4". And all these kids had on like gear, like helmets, shoulder pads, football cleats, you know, everything on, all this gear on. And I'm just like as big as I am in line with nothing. and this line like led through like mountains, hills and valleys. And I led up to this like massive castle. And like, yeah, dreams are kind of like strange, you know, but like I'm, I'm making my way on this journey and I finally get inside this castle. And when I walk inside, I, I see like this long table and seated at the middle of this table is a bishop and flanking the bishop are these two priests and the, the bishop like motions me to step forward. And so I do. And they slide me a sheet of paper on this table and they hand me a pen. And so at this time, so here's a part about my strat I didn't share. At this time, I'm like really, really cocky because mm-hmm. I only played like one year of football and got the scholarship. And so I'm thinking when they slide me a sheet of paper, I'm like, oh, they want my autograph. Of course, duh. Or like maybe this is some sort of an endorsement deal. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. But like so I'm signing away and I slide it back and I say, you're welcome. And they take this big stamp, they stamp it and they say, congratulations. Now you're a priest. And I'm like, Oh my, <laughs> I'm like, Oh no, we can't have this. I said, give me that paper back. I don't want that. I'm trying to rip it up. And they give me a bunch of like books and sweaters and breath mints and whatever priests need to like thrive and do their thing. And they say, your locker's down to the left. Have a nice day. And so I find my locker. I knew the combination put my stuff inside, take a breath and out, pop it in, because why not? And then I slam my locker shut, and then I wake up, and I said, no way, that was just a dream. Like, that was crazy. Mm. But, the day, but like, the day I become a priest is the day I become, like, terribly non-athletic. And even, like, yeah, might, maybe, like, not even good at basketball. Which is weird. Like, once again, I'm so cocky. Like, I got a scholarship in football, but I played basketball, too. But mm. I was just, like, I was just so cocky that I'm like, nothing can stop me from, you know what I mean? Doing what I want to, doing what I want to do in life. Uh, so I'm like, yeah, right. Confidence. Yes. Too much, too much, maybe too prideful. But anyway, so yeah, I said, uh, the day I become a priest is the day I become terrible at basketball. So the next night I have another dream and I'm playing basketball and it's like lights, camera, action, NBA level. I have, I walk through, like, I walk on a court. I see fat heads in my, on my face. You know how they had those fat heads? back in the day, they don't even have those no more. And it was just like me and, and the crowd was just cheering my name on. And I'm like, yeah, I'm the man, you know, whatever. And I'm playing in a game and I miss every single shot in that game. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dang, this is, oh, so I wake up from that and I'm in distraught thinking I'm going to be a priest. Like what's going on? And so I try to like discern, discern that, but I really didn't know what discernment was. You know, I didn't know how to pray once again. So I felt stuck. I'm like, shoot, this has been like three weeks of just me being like going in like circles, just spinning wheels, just trying to figure out like, what is this and what's going on? And so 
I go back to the person who got me in this situation to begin with, Father Scott. So one Sunday after mass, I say, Father Scott, let me let me holler at you real quick, man. Just come over here where there's nobody else that I can hear our conversation. Let me just write with you about this thing that I've been that I've been going through. And he's like, Oh yeah, sure thing, buddy. What do you what do you need? <clears throat> and I said, So what do you do? Like, what is your job? Because like I didn't tell him about the dreams, but I was just mm-hmm. thinking, like, if God is calling me to be a priest, like let me figure out like what he even does. I'm like, do you just work one day a week? Like, is that all you do? <laughs> like, what's happening here? And yeah, he was just real good. You know, he told me a lot about his his life and his job and his vocation as a priest. And like, yeah, like I said, you know, I wasn't ever really a bad kid. I was just a kid that really was like grasping the world. But like within him telling me and expressing the life of a priest and like the most important thing is like how they bring Jesus into the world at mass. Mm-hmm. He says, Antonio, every single time I celebrate mass, I'm like, wait, more than just Sunday. He said, every single day I celebrate mass, that bread and that wine turn into a miracle, a miracle that takes place on that altar. And it truly does turn into the body and the blood. And I'm like, no way. I thought like that was just something in CCD. They just kind of like grazed mm-hmm. over. It's like no big deal, you know, he was like, oh, nobody, this is serious. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's amazing. Like, you, God might, and I didn't tell him this, but I'm like, man, in my mind, I'm thinking, God might be calling me to that. Uh, and so I end up, um, I end up saying like, all right, I'm going to go pray about, you know, life and everything and see like, maybe this is where God wants me. I told him that. And he said, well, I'll pray for you too, buddy. And I said, don't you do that. Don't need your prayers. <laughs> you know exactly how to talk to God. You're like, I'm, still, I'm good. Thanks. I need more time. Thanks. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I'm still trying to figure this whole communication with God thing out. You know, I can't just call him. You know, I don't got his direct line. Mm. I know you got that hotline blank. You just say you make a miracle happen every single time. There Come it on is. Give me some time. And so like, yeah, I, I went to my room and I like prayed about it. I tried praying about it. But once again, I'm like a baby when it comes to like, and I still am a baby now when it comes to prayer life, you know, but I took a crucifix off my wall and I was just staring at it and I was like, you know what? I don't get it. They say this like Jesus, God, man died for me to have life, but I've never understood it, you know, but at the same time, I've never heard anybody refute it saying that this is false. And so like just blindly, like trusting, blindly, like having this faith, I said, you know what? Well, it must be real. You know, this, this Jesus Christ dude must have truly died for me to have life, whatever that really means. And so I said, you know what, that's really awesome and really unselfish, unselfish for him to do something like that for me, even though I don't even know who he is. And so I said to myself, well, since God died for me to have life, I might as well give him the first shot at my life to see what he wants me to do. Because every now and again, I would listen at the homily at Sunday mass and I would hear Father Scott say, if you do God's will, then you'll be most happy. You'll be most fulfilled. Mm. And I never took into consideration because I never knew what it really meant, you know. But at this, at that point, like the homily, that one homily that I paid attention to, it clicked. And I was like, okay, maybe this is it. Even though I don't want to be a priest, even though I, I definitely want to get married, I definitely want to have kids, I'm going to do this thing that I think God wants me to do right now because Abraham always wanted a kid. He always wanted a son. He always wanted a child, you know, and he couldn't get pregnant. Him and his wife, Sarah or Sarai at the time could never get pregnant. And then God enters his life and is like, okay, this is going to happen. Boom, boom, boom. And then next thing you know, he has a child and I'm like, wow, he blessed him. That's amazing. 
And then he says, all right, now go kill your son. And I'm like, wow. wow. He would, he would, that he part. Would, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, he would challenge him like that. And then he was like, all right, God, if it's for you, I'm going to do it. I don't want to, but it's for, if it's for you, I'm going to do it. Mm. But obviously he, it, you know, he didn't kill his child. And so I kind of was like, you know, who am I to say, no, I don't want to do what God, what God is asking me to do right now. And so I, I went on ahead and declined a scholarship and I went to the seminary. But like, that's how, that was my first encounter with God. Like that's how I kind of was able to know him in my head. But like the way I started to know him more and more in my heart, that, that journey there took about another two and a half, somewhat three years. Mm. So I went to seminary, definitely shouldn't have been in seminary, but God has his, you know, has a way. <laughs> and I was meant to be there at the, evidently, you know. Yeah, we prayed so often. We prayed every day, adoration every single day. And it was always a lot. And I will always fall asleep because I I just didn't have the bandwidth. You know, I'll be five minutes doing good. I get sleepy, get tired. And I'm like, you know what? Let me just bring a pillow next time. And I'm and I'm just going like this, go to sleep on purpose and not care. Mm. And none of my four minutes said a thing. I would bring pillows and they would be like, oh yeah, that's Antonio. <laughs> like, why didn't nobody, <laughs> why did nobody challenge me that first year? Like I was, mm. it was really bad. I just had a hard time adjusting. Like I even had a girlfriend my first summer. I mean, my first semester. I not recommend it. Nobody found out. Oh, I guess they're listening. Maybe they might listen now. <laughs> but but we we broke up. We broke it off that same semester, so it was all good. But it was it was in adoration where I started to fall in love with God. I started mm-hmm. to fall in love with Jesus Christ, and I would just pray, just through poetry, something that. So I used to rap in high school. And I thought that a guy was asking me to give it up. But then I came across this dude named Lecrae. I'm like, who is this guy? I'm like, hey, he was good. You know, he was really good. He still is pretty good. And so as I was listening more and more to him, I said, you know what? Maybe I can do this. Maybe I can get back into it. But I don't want to rap. You know, I'm in a seminary. I don't know if you can be like a rap priest. Like, that's probably impossible. And so I got into poetry. And, yeah, I would start, like, writing poems to God. And so like that was that was one way that like it started to really affect me in a way of like, man, my heart is starting to like change and mold. And I would say that was if it wasn't for me being in a Eucharistic adoration, it probably wouldn't have been that fast. It probably would have took another like three or four or five years. But mm-hmm. I truly think that like when I'm when I was placed in front of the sun, in front of like Jesus Christ, son of God, that like the sun was shining so bright on my heart and my heart was such a rocky heart to the point where like I wasn't moldable. I wasn't able to do whatever God needed me or wanted me to do, you know? And so like being placed in front of the sun, like when you place ice cream in front of the sun, it melts, you know what I mean? And that's like obviously really soft substance. But like if you place anything on there, like enough heat, it'll definitely start to like bend and, and mold and like melt away. And that's exactly what started to happen to my heart. It started to get soft and softer so it can be moldable like clay. But the moldable like clay part came from when my spiritual director challenged me my second year in the seminary. He said to me, who is Jesus Christ? And there was a crucifix on his wall. And I said, oh, he's right there. That's who Jesus is. And I pointed at it and he said, OK, but what what did he do? What has he done? And I like I, I said, well, it's self-explanatory. He died on the cross. You know, there it is right there. I point again. And he said, can you name anything else that he's done? said, I think he walked on water, turned water into wine. He's a legend, you know? 
And he was just like, he cut to the chase. He said, you don't know who Jesus Christ is. Mm. And I was like, what? I'm in a seminary. I've been in a seminary for two years. I think I know who God, I think I know who Jesus Christ is. And he said, you don't know anything else about him. You can't tell me anything personally that he's even done for you. Can you? And I'm just been like, man, he is out here aiming to take my head off with this right now. I'm like, well, calm down, buddy. Like, did you wake up on the wrong side of the bed? You need coffee? Like, mm-hmm. what's going on? Are you angry? But he was, he was challenging me in a way that like, I just, yeah, you know, nobody likes being challenged. They only appreciate it in hindsight. In hindsight, I really appreciate that because this, this me and my spiritual director at the time, Father Gurney, he challenged me to know who Jesus Christ is. And so he gave me a challenge of reading the four gospels, starting off with Mark and then making my way down the line to John. And he said, I want you to read it all through the first time. And then the second time, I want you to take it paragraph by paragraph, just praying Lexio Divina and doing that all in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And so as I did that, that's when that head knowledge that I knew of God and the dreams just transferred down right onto my heart. Mm. And that's what made my poems explode a little bit more. And like me just wanting to do anything for God explode a lot more. And then I'm, and it, it left me to the point where it's like, I will never not do something for God. I like, I have to always do something for him. And I just like, just wanted to serve him. I just wanted to love him. I wanted to continue to like show other people who he is. And I just wanted to like mm-hmm. spread him through, throughout. Like he says in Matthew 28, you know, I wanted to make him known, baptizing them, baptizing people in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you know, amongst all nations. And yeah. my love just like, it just took off. Mm-hmm. But it was a part of like my heart being rocky being melted down to nothing and then molding back up into clay so that way God can mold me into the man that I should be. And I think, yeah, you know, because the way I left seminary, because I obviously, I, I just talked to y'all about Andre, my son, you know, and I'm married. It wasn't, yeah. And so like the way I left seminary was, a, it was another beautiful, it was beautiful. It really was. I expressed to you guys in the, in the beginning how my father wasn't in my life growing up. He is like here and there now, you know, we have a better relationship now for sure. But growing up, it, we didn't have a strong relationship. And I think, you know, God, the father just inviting me in to the seminary was mm-hmm. so huge for me. And it never it, it, it only hit me like. Like a year ago that I just always wanted to be wanted by my father. And so, like, when God, the father said, I want you that just like it broke me, you know, in ways that I just couldn't comprehend really. And so my, my junior year, the end of my junior year, that summer leading into my senior year in, in college, I shadowed the exorcist of the diocese where I'm, where I'm from. And I was able to see spiritual warfare, like really play out on like a very tangible level. While, you know, you, you hear stories and you hear like, oh, you need to have faith and you hear all these other things in seminary, which are like amazing, great things. But you don't always like see, you know, angels and demons fighting and, and all of that. When I'm not saying I saw angels and demons fighting, but, you know, I was able to just like experience like once again, spiritual warfare in a very tangible way. And it hit me. I was like, wow, God, you're, you, you're choosing me, you know, to like do this, not necessarily be an exorcist priest. Like you're choosing me to like enter into this fight, into this realm of the spiritual of the spiritual realm of like fighting for souls in like such a real way. Like this is the 
this is a supernatural thing. And I just felt so honored. And I was like, yeah, God, I'm going I'm to choose this. I'm going to choose to be in a seminary. Because at the time, I was still like wrestling back and forth. I wasn't like quite set on being a priest. Because I definitely didn't want to be a priest when I first came in. But only until that summer, after my third year of seminary. And I was like, yeah, I want to do this now. Because God, you, you've chosen me. But after that summer experience was over, which was absolutely incredible, I went on a, a retreat just a silent retreat for three days by myself. And I'm in adoration, you know, giving it up to God. I'm like, God, you the one. This is dope. Loving you. Greatest summer assignment I just had. Yada, yada. And I just hear a voice. And his voice was so clear. So clear. I heard the voice said, you've done well. I'm so proud of you. But now it's time to go. And I kind of, I looked around and I was like, that's gotta be the devil. Mm. <laughs> like, that's gotta be the devil. Cause I've been wrestling with this whole idea of being a priest for like three years. And now I'm finally all in and the devil's like, gotta get up out of there. But clearly, like I said, I'm still a baby when it comes to praying, didn't even, wasn't even able to recognize that that was actually the voice of God. Uh, until I told my formators and my spiritual director uh, about that experience that I had in prayer. And they helped me to to really massage that out and like flush it out a little bit more to realize that like that was actually God the Father talking to me saying, you know, I'm proud of you, San Antonio. You've done so well just listening and being obedient to my call when you had an offer to go play football, which I also gave you. Obviously, you earned it, but like, mm. you know, I provided a scout at a certain time and yada, yada. But yeah, it, wow. it's time for you to leave. You know, your heart is moldable like clay. Now I know you're going to do I know you're going to try to to follow my will, whatever that is hmm. that you don't know, but God knows, you know, um, there it is. Oh yeah. And so that was my journey through, through seminary. And also like how I was able to know who, yeah, like the love of God and kind of like more and more trying to find like, yeah, what, what is my identity? You know, like who is God? Who am I? How hmm. do we relate to each other? Man. Yeah. You are, the Lord said, Santonio, you are made for great things. And I mean, and obviously now you are doing wonderful things. I mean, you're like, I mean, the family is the cornerstone of the church. So you're like having a beauty, you have a beautiful family. I mean, you're working in mission with people that are really on the peripheries. A lot of people don't pay attention to those people. You are involved in so many wonderful organizations. You like use your platform for good. I mean, the Lord is doing such good work with your life. So like what a witness and something that I was noticing when you were talking is like the Lord really Jesus really spoke to you through the Eucharist and through his presence, like his divine presence in the Eucharist. And that's such a powerful thing. Like what a tangible experience you have for God working in your life. That is so beautiful. And I'm so grateful that you shared, you know, how the Lord worked. It's so interesting. Like, like you were saying earlier, a lot of people don't like to be held to task because it's annoying in the moment. But then in hindsight, you're like, that was really great. And I'm appreciative and it's so interesting hearing your story. I'm sure many moments you think like, wow, in hindsight, like, thank God that I'm out or like, thank God that I had people that were spiritually insightful enough to be like, you know what? That is God. And it's time for you to go. And you've had so many experiences in your life then afterwards to now leading up to where you're like sitting in your home, preparing a home for your family. And it's just so cool. Like what, what a blessing. And 
I would love, and I'm sure people listening, you know, as we're rounding out this episode, I would love to have you back and share like that final piece. I think that you have such a gift for storytelling and I would love to hear that final piece of like, okay, you're post-seminary, you're like living in Pittsburgh and you're married with a baby. So like, what happened? Um, And I would love to hear that. So stay tuned, everyone. But I would love for you to share like people listening, where can we find more of what you're doing and we can learn more about you and, or, you know, what would you, what would you recommend like to someone just to check out more information about you? Man, that's a good question. I I really, I really don't know. I guess the best. So like I, I write newsletters for Vagabond, the work that I do, and I send them out once every other month. So I send out six a year. And yeah, I kind of keep people updated. My don- I keep my donors updated on things that are going on in the lives of the teams that I work with. And I also give them like personal updates too. Uh, I think the most clicks that I ever had was when I said my baby's born and everybody clicked on it. I was like, oh, <laughs> so cute. But yeah, that's probably the best way. Obviously, Instagram, Santonio underscore Hill is a good way to kind of see what I have going on. Honestly, if you follow my wife, I don't know her handle. I think it's Kristen.dc.hill. She posts a lot of the baby and our life in general. And so that would be another good way to, of, of keeping up with us. Uh, but my email is santonio.hill at gmail.com. And I can definitely get you uh, linked into my MailChimp subscription. If you would like some newsletters of what I do with Vagabond and the teams that I work with and a little bit more about my life as well. Wonderful. We'll make sure to put that in our show notes so people can check that out. And Santonio, I, again, am like so grateful that you were on. You are such a gift to the church and to the broader world. And we're so grateful that you shared your story. I can't wait to hear part two. It's going to be wonderful. You have like such a rich way that the Lord really reached out to you through the Eucharist and just like, I mean, I think he really shook you up. So I can't wait to hear like, I mean, that would that would, I don't even know what I would do. Like, wait a minute. I was ready to be into this and now you want me to dip? I don't know. Right, right. I would be like, dude, what the heck? So I was hurt. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. That's like, that sounds pretty painful. So (laughs) I can't wait to hear part two and I'm sure our listeners can't either. But in the meantime, thank you for sharing part of your conversion story, Santonio. And thank you for being our guest today. Thanks for having me. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.